0: How many of you are staying positive? Because I've been preaching on it three weeks now. Something's not wrong if y'all ain't staying positive, all right? So, staying positive, and uh, I'm going to kind of end it today with this, and really today is just going to uh, uh, kind of be kind of a sum total of the last couple of weeks of how do we stay positive in the midst of all this. What do you tell somebody when they come to you and they say, how can you be smiling? How can you be so positive? How can you be happy in the midst of all this in the, We're in the middle of a pandemic, and uh, everything the world's going to hell in a handbasket, and everything's shutting down. People are losing their businesses. People are dying from this disease. Uh, just everything that could go wrong is going wrong. How do you answer somebody like that? How do you tell somebody you're positive? Anybody? Amen. That's pretty good. Anything else? God is in control. Amen. God's got this. Amen. And the, the fact of the matter is, uh, if you are a child of God and you're a saved individual and you're on your way to heaven, you ain't got nothing to sweat. Amen. You got nothing to worry about. Uh, you know, we were talking about in Sunday school, it's all in there. If you, all you got to do is get your Bible out and read it. It will get worse before it gets, uh, begins to get better. And just like I said last week, uh, everybody wants to go to heaven. It all kind of comes down to that old saying. Everybody wants to go to heaven, but nobody wants to die. Well, guess what? That ain't going to happen. Amen? Unless we're raptured out of here, in order to get to heaven, you got to die. So guess what? In order for this old earth and old heaven to pass away, uh, and, uh, I'm sorry, in order for us to get to the new heaven and the new earth, I got it backwards. I'm sorry, I'm a little bit, uh, had too much coffee this morning. My caffeine's jumping ahead of me. Um, you know, and, and w- to get to the new heaven and the new earth, the old heaven and the old earth has to pass away. So all these things must come to pass. Amen? So it should not catch us by surprise. I am so surprised, though, by the number of Christians, Christians who say, uh, you know, who are scared to death. As a Christian, you have no reason to be scared to death. It says these things will come to pass. It, and In Revelation, it doesn't even give you an option to say, you know, if you'll fight a little harder or if you'll scream a little louder, these things will not happen and get better. No, it guarantees you these things are going to come to pass. So it should not surprise us as Christians. And the whole purpose that we talked about in Sunday school of the book of Revelation is not to scare you to death. It's not to scare the hell out of you, literally. The whole purpose of Revelation is to tell you he's coming back. Nobody knows the day. Nobody knows the hour. So you should live every single day as if it could happen today. That's the point of Revelation. The point of Revelation is so that you can see the signs, but he never gives a time. He never gives a date. And the whole reason behind that is is so that you can live every single stinking day as if it is the last day. Should not scare us. We should be ready. All right? Can I get an amen? So everybody smile. (laughs) Now, some of you still don't look convinced. Ain't got nothing to worry about. Amen? But. Maybe I'll catch something. Maybe I'll die. Well, boo-hoo. Yeah, if you don't die that, you're going to die something else. Amen? Death is a part of life. It's a natural part of life. Amen? It's the circle of life. Amen? Anybody remember that? All right. Oh, Lord. Preacher singing Lion King this morning. All right. So let's just jump right in. We're going to start in uh, Proverbs chapter 11, verse 27. So, And here's what I want to say about being positive. This is from Proverbs, and Proverbs is good stuff. Uh, If you've never done this, I encourage you to do this. There are 31 chapters in Proverbs, one for every day of the month. And uh, I've done this before many times. Uh, Just get in there, and whatever day it is, what's today? Today is the 19th. So today would be Proverbs chapter 19. And just read you a chapter of Proverbs. Because there's so much wisdom in there and so much good stuff on just how to live life in general that you, you need to read it every single day, every month. Amen? Because here's what it says. If you want to be positive, you've got to seek to be positive. If you want to be an old sourpuss and always be negative and be the pessimist, guess what? You can do it. You can choose to do it. You have to choose to be an optimist, right? Look at what it says. He who earnestly seeks good, what? Finds favor. But trouble will come to him who seeks evil. Do you, do you want to find negativity? Oh, just look for it. All you got to do is look for it. You'll find it. It will come to you. If you get up in the morning and you have a sour attitude and a negative attitude, guess what? You will find it. If you get up in the morning and you want to find a positive attitude and a positive outlook on life, you will find it. That's all this verse is saying. If you seek good, you're going to find favor. If you seek evil, then trouble's going to come to you. All right? It's, everything you do is very intentional. Everything that we do in this life is very intentional. So I want to encourage you, be intentional to be positive. All right? In the midst of all this craziness, in the midst of everything seems like everything's going wrong, You can be positive, all right? So here's the difference between an optimist and a pessimist. How many of you, we're just going to take a poll here. I'm going to ask everybody to be honest. How many of you, raise your hand if you consider yourself an optimist? All right. Raise your hand if you consider yourself a pessimist. Be honest. Come on. How many pessimists we got? All right. Okay. You and Jared are both? Oh, that scares me very much. Amen. Thank you, ma'am. Yeah, that you and Jared think alike, that really scares me. Amen? Okay. So, here's the difference between an optimist and a pessimist. Optimist says, My cup is running over. God is blessing me. A pessimist looks at the same thing and says, My cup's running over. There's going to be a big mess to clean up. You know, it's both are being, both cups are running over. It's just in the way you look at the cup running over, amen? You choose the attitude. You don't get to choose the circumstances. You get to choose the attitude with which you deal with the circumstances, amen? So that's kind of the, the, the gist of where we're going today. Negativity is around about everything. Uh, if you want to get into negativity about politics, oh, good Lord, just get on social media, amen? Amen you want to get into negativity about uh the way the country's being run the way the state's being run uh the way the city's being run there is tons of negativity out there all right you can be negative about everything in fact i can guarantee you we're sitting here in church and many of you are being negative right in here about church I wish Brother Mark would just get on with it and get to preaching, amen? He's spending way too much time on this singing the Lion King, amen? Uh, you know, I don't, I don't like that sweater Brother Mark's wearing. I don't like, uh, you know, that Brother Mark does this. I, the music, it was way too loud. Miss Julie, I'm sorry, you were way too loud. Um, you know, everything is wrong. If you want to, you can walk in this door and you can find something wrong with everything happening in this place. In fact, church, unfortunately, is one of the main places where we tend to get negative because we all want it to be about us they should be singing the songs i like i don't like them other songs i like you know you did that first song because he lives i know that one that's a good one that king of glory disco footloose thing going on in the middle there no 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 nope, mm -mm, nope. can't get into that sorry didn't know it didn't sing the words were up there i didn't sing because i didn't know it you can choose to be negative about whatever you want now the bottom line is we're trying to reach a lot of people amen and everybody in here has got an opinion And here's what I've discovered. Everybody in this room would like their opinion to be heard. And I hate to burst your bubble. I don't really care about your opinion. Amen. God uh, don't really care totally about our opinion. It is not about us at all. It is about him, and it's about whether he is being high and lifted up. Amen. And guess what? Mine and Julie's job is in, in trying to do all this. I'm trying to reach uh, the 18 and the 19 and the 20-year-old, and I'm trying to reach the 70 and the 80-year-old, too. And you don't reach them the same way, amen? And so guess what? This is a hard job. It'll drive me nuts if I'm trying to please you and them and please everybody in the room. That's not my job, amen? My job is to please God, do what God told me to do, and uh, preach the truth of the Word of God, Amen. That's the job, amen? And guess what? Some of it you might like, some of it you might not like. I'm so sorry. Suck it up, buttercup, amen? Uh, You'll get over it, all right? So uh, let's go to the next slide. I love this. I'm not optimistic based on what I feel. Most people, everything is driven by their feelings. Most everything is driven by our emotions. If I get up in the morning and I'm feeling pretty good, then I decide I'm going to have a good day. It's all based on my feelings. It's all based on how good my body feels when I crawl out of the bed, uh, my mental attitude, how, what kind of day I'm going to have. Uh, but guess what? If you do everything based on your emotions and your feelings, you're going to be on a roller coaster ride. Can I get an amen? You are going to be on a roller coaster ride. And you know what Paul said? Paul said the key to living for God is to learn to be content in all things. Paul said it this way. He said, I've I've had everything. I've I've been at the top, and I've been all the way in the bottom, in the dungeon of the prison. He said, I've had it all, and I've had nothing. I've been well-fed, and I've been hungry. And in all things, I have learned to be content. Amen. Paul learned the secret to contentment is to be even keeled. Don't get too high on the highs. Don't get too low on the lows. Keep that even keel. Amen. And so you cannot go through life basing everything on your emotions and your feelings if you do you're going to be a bipolar mess amen now that's not funny some of you because you may say well mark what if somebody's bipolar i have this theory i think everybody in this room is bipolar to some degree amen now some have it and you say well what is bipolar bipolar is real high highs real low lows amen Isn't that all of us to some degree? Amen. Now, I just believe some have learned to control it a little better than others, and some may have it more than others and need to be on medicine for it. Amen. But guess what? Do what? Oh, yeah, like your ketchup thing yesterday. Julie goes in, and we're fixing to sit down and eat lunch, and she grabs the ketchup bottle. And unbeknownst to us, somehow the cap on the bottle got uh, ripped off where the cap's not on it. So Julie goes and gives it one of them vigorous shakes, and ketchup goes all over the kitchen, amen. We had a ketchup party, amen. And she was supposed to be happy. She, uh, we, had to, we had to tell her she had to be happy about that, amen. But we tried to get her happy about it. You can't control your circumstances. Sometimes the ketchup bottle lid's going to come off. Sometimes life's going to throw you some curveballs. And if everything's based on your emotions and your feelings, you're just going to be a mess all the time. So you've, you've got to determine in your mind... And I love this saying, I'm going to try to find me one of these t-shirts. Not today, Satan. Amen. Amen. Not today. It's your choice. You can't control the circumstances, but you can choose how you deal with those circumstances. And I think we all need to get the t-shirt, not today, Satan. You're not going to steal my joy. You're not going to rob this from me. Amen. (laughs) Mardell's has it. All right. Let's all go to Mardell's and buy one. Amen. All right. All right. (laughs) She'll get you one. All right. So um, I'm not optimistic based on what I feel. I'm optimistic based on what God says. So today, and I'm going to have to move quickly. I ain't going to be able to dilly-dally. Eight reasons to be optimistic from Romans 8, all right? Now, guess what? There's a lot more reasons in Romans 8, but I tried, we narrowed it down to eight so it would fit with Romans 8, all right? But we got eight to go through, so I'm going to move along, all right? Write these down <coughs> or take a picture, all right? Sorry. The devil just made that go down the wrong (coughs) path. Not today, Satan. All right. Here we go. Eight reasons to be optimistic based on Romans 8. Number one, my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Are you a child of God? Are you a child of God? Do you know Jesus Christ as your Savior? Do you know beyond a shadow of a doubt that you're going to heaven? If you can't answer that, then you need to meet Jesus. You need to really meet him. Amen. Uh, why? Well, Mark, how can you possibly say that? Does that mean you're perfect, that you don't sin anymore? No. How can you be absolutely sure, Mark, that you're going to heaven? Because it has nothing to do with me. It has to do with Jesus died on a cross, and he took on the sins of everyone. Everybody in this room. The only difference between everybody in this room is whether you've accepted that free gift that he provided for you or you have not. That's the only difference. Your sins have been paid for everybody in this room. Amen. And I mean, how can you be pessimistic when you know my sins are forgiven? My sins, my past sins, my present sins, and I know that even my future sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Well, Mark, you know, what if we have to go through some of this stuff that's it's talked about in Revelation. What if, there's some, uh, what if there's some terrible things that before the Lord comes back that we have to go through? Or what, what if we have to suffer some persecution? Uh, you know, what, what if we have some degree of it gets worse than what it is now? Then so be it. So be it. It doesn't matter because my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. Now, I'm not making a statement about pre-millennial, post-millennial, past-millennial, whatever, wherever you stand on that, I don't care. The fact of the matter is it doesn't really matter. It could get worse than it is now is what I'm saying, all right? And maybe you say to me, well, Mark, what if it gets worse now than it is right now? And I would say to you, it doesn't really matter because my sins are forgiven and my eternity is secure. It doesn't matter how how much bad we have to go through before the lord comes back for us it only matters that my sins are forgiven my eternity is secure and i'm ready to go amen and it doesn't that's the main thing that matters all right all right these are all good so it's going to be hard for me to just keep moving on all right number 2 this one's really good uh, oh i'm sorry we got scripture for each one too yeah uh, go back romans 8 Uh, Yeah, one and two. There is therefore now no condemnation to who? Who are in who? Who do not walk according to the flesh, but according to the Spirit. For the law of the Spirit of life in Christ Jesus has made me free from the law of sin and death. Praise the Lord. Amen. All right. Number two. Number two. Jesus is at the right hand of God praying for me. Now, I'm amazed at how many Christians don't know this scripture right here. Did you know that Jesus is at the right hand of God interceding for you? That's the word it uses, praying for you. How can you lose if Jesus himself is standing at the right hand of God the Father praying for you and interceding for you? Is that not amazing to think of, Christians? Is that not amazing to think, if God be for us, who can be? against us nobody amen because jesus himself is praying for you all right give us a scripture on that one and it is romans eight thirty who is he who condemns it is christ who died and furthermore is also risen who is even at the right hand of god who also makes intercession for us so he is there he is praying you know here's literally what the word means if you break the greek down in that it literally is a word used for lawyer That Jesus is standing at the right hand of God, and he is pleading your case, in other words. Uh, Every time you sin and you ask for forgiveness, Jesus is at the right hand of God pleading your case for you. Whoo! Come on now. That's good. Amen. Jesus is your lawyer. Can I get an amen? Amen. (laughs) Jesus is your lawyer. All right, good. So number three. I love this one, too. They're all good. My future victory is greater than my present pain. Wow. My future victory is greater than my present pain. Let's look at the scripture there, Romans 8, 18. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time... Now, I I want to tell you, there is no greater piece of scripture for what you're going through right now than this piece of scripture. You need to write this one down or underline it in your Bible. For I consider that the sufferings of this present time are not worthy to be compared with the glory which shall be revealed in us. Amen? Amen? Whatever you're going through now, as bad as you think it is, it pales in comparison to the goodness of the glory that we're all going to see. Because guess what? If you're a saved individual, we're going to get to be in heaven for eternity. I'm going to get to see my Savior. I'm going to get to experience eternity in heaven. And so all, no matter what you have to go through, you may say, well, they, they called me a name or they, they made fun of me. Well, guess what? Again, like we said before, we really, in America, we don't know what real persecution is. Uh, You really got to go to some other countries where it might cost you your life or your family or your job. That's real persecution. Uh, But whatever we suffer in this life, it pales in comparison to what the Lord has prepared for those that love the Lord. Amen? Good stuff. All right. The testing of your faith produces perseverance. You know what I find? And I'm not saying this. To judge anybody, I'm just I'm going to state this because I believe it's the truth of God's Word, and I'll let you chew on it, all right? The testing of your faith produces perseverance, which I believe translates into maturity. If, if you read Revelation and you're afraid, or if you look at the, the current situation and you're scared as a Christian, you're probably not as mature as you need to be. If you're mature in your faith, then you know all this. You know it before I'm even preaching it. God's got it. He's got me. Even if I have to suffer a little, ain't nothing. It pales in comparison to the glory that God has waiting on me. So I ain't scared. I ain't scared. I ain't got no reason to sweat it. God has got it. All right? So uh, so what I'm saying is if you find yourself fearful and scared, lean into God more. Try to get your maturity level and your perseverance level up because all these things build perseverance, which builds maturity in us, okay? All right. Um, Number four. My mind is filled with the peace of God. Now, Mark, how in the world can my mind be filled with the peace of God with all this going on all around me? It can be. Can I suggest one thing? Take that. Toss it over there plug it into a charger, and use it, use it as a phone. You know, originally, that's what those things were, phones. Before they were a camera, before they were a communication device, before they became an opinion maker, they were just a phone. I'm not so sure we shouldn't just go back to it. It's just a phone. Amen? All right. I'll just leave that there and let you chew on that, all right? Okay. Okay. Um, your mind can be filled with the pe- In other words, your mind can be filled with the peace of God if you don't fill it with all the panic. And I'm going to tell you, right there is where a lot of the panic's coming from. Right there is where a lot of the fear is being manufactured. Right. So, leave that thing alone. If, when you want to read Facebook, read Scripture. When you want to look at the pictures on Instagram, uh, pray. Amen. Fill it with something that will feed your spirit, not your flesh. And that's a way to be filled with the peace of God. The scripture is Romans 8, 6. It says, for to be carnally minded is what? Is what? But to be spiritually minded is life and peace. Man, write all these scriptures down. They're all really good, especially for what we're going through right now. Amen. And you know the amazing thing? All this is coming out of Romans 8. Do you remember two weeks ago when I preached on Romans 7? It's, Paul, it's the same Paul that in Romans 7 was going, I don't get it. The things I want to do, I don't do. The things I don't want to do are the things I do. Wretched man that I am. I'm a terrible, stinking, rotten sinner. This is the same Paul now who has turned it and flipped it around, and now he's full of hope and full of peace. Amen. And that's, that's good. So uh, read Romans 8. If you want somebody to sympathize and empathize with, Read Paul in Romans 7 if you want to uh, see a a way to get out of it and be victorious read Romans chapter 8 amen all right Uh, all right let's go to the next one number five number five and we we already said this one but I love it you can't say it enough if God is for me who can be against me all right and the scripture there is Romans 8 32 and 33 says this for he who did not spare his own son but delivered him up for us all. You remember what I said? Everybody in this room, whether you believe in Jesus or not, your sins are paid for. How do you know, Mark, right here? Here it is written down. He who did not spare his own son, but he delivered him up for us. Who? All. Who? Everybody. Everybody. Listen, the person you can think of that you say, they'll never get saved. That person will never utter the name of God. That person will never even admit that God exists. Did you know that Jesus died on that cross for that person and just as much as he died on the cross for you? The sorriest stinking sinner you can think of, God died for him. His sins are paid for just like your sins are paid for. And you don't need to be praying a curse on him. You need to be praying that he comes to know the Jesus that you know. Amen. Hate doesn't drive uh, out hate. Love drives out hate. Love that sinner. Love that person. Love them in the kingdom. Pray for them. The more that you think that person is an enemy of God, pray for him. Pray, pray, pray. You know the greatest battle weapon you and I have is prayer, prayer, prayer. I've seen people changed. I would have said that person ain't never going to change. And you know how they changed? Not from hate. Not from a war. A, a war of words. They changed because somebody loved them, and somebody kept praying, praying, praying for them. All right, all right, good. Um, if you're not being criticized, maybe you're not different enough. Maybe you say, "Well, Mark, I don't. Nobody makes fun of me. Nobody, nobody calls me names. Nobody." Well, that may be a bad sign. It may be a sign that maybe you need to be more different, because people tend to make fun of you when you're different. And so maybe we all need to look a little more different, okay? Alright, so um, number six. God's Spirit helps me in my weakness. Anybody here ever struggle? Anybody in here ever weak? You get up and you just don't have the will to fight anymore? All of us from time to time. Let's look at Romans 8, 24 through 26. It says this, For we were saved in this hope, But hope that is seen is not hope. Everybody that needs the answers all the time, if you've got all the answers, then you can be God. Uh, You don't need a God if you've got all the answers. These people that say, well, I'll believe in a God when I can get all the answers, you're going to be waiting a long time because God told you his ways are higher than your ways and his thoughts are higher than your thoughts. Amen. So he tells you right here, hope that is seen, that's not even hope. If you can see it, that ain't faith at all. That's not hope. For why does one still hope for what he sees? 25. But if we hope for what we do not see, we eagerly wait for it with perseverance. That's faith. Likewise, the Spirit also helps in our weaknesses. For we do not know what we should pray for as we ought to, but the Spirit himself makes intercession for us with groanings which cannot be uttered. Now, I gave you a mental picture a minute ago of... God the Father on the throne, God the Son standing at the right hand of the Father pleading your case. Now I want you to add another person on the other side of the throne, the Holy Spirit. You know that thing called the Trinity? So you have God the Father on the throne. On the one side, you have God the Son pleading your case. And then on the other side of the throne, you have the Holy Spirit pleading your case. All right, Making intercession for you with groanings which cannot be uttered. If God be for us, how can anybody be Against us, When you got the Son and the Holy Spirit on each side of the throne interceding for you, how can anybody be against you? But you must choose to live in that. Are you living as an orphan and a pauper? Or are you living, living as a child or a son or a daughter of the king? Amen. All right. So, um, did I finish that, that scripture? Okay. Um, when I'm down, he holds me up. When I'm hurting, he's my comfort. When I feel alone, he's my friend. All right? Number seven. We're going to end with two really good ones here. Number seven, God is working everything in my life for good. Now, I want you to read that very carefully. It does not say everything in my life is good. It said God is working everything in my life for good. So guess what? Many times the greatest tool he has to work good in your life is bad stuff. How many of you remember the bad stuff in your life? How many of you remember when you do something wrong or you make a mistake, I don't need to do that again. That hurt. Guess what? You learn a lot more from your failures than you do your successes because the failures get etched in your mind of, oh, man, that hurt. I don't want to do that again. Go in there and lay your hand on the oven when the red light's still on. You won't do that again, will you? You'll be reminded. Every time you get near the oven, your hand will remember that. All right? Why? It's etched in your mind. All right? So uh, we need to understand God works everything in your life for your good. So all the bad stuff that's happened in your life, all the mistakes you've made, God is working everything for his glory. And he's working it for your good. Because if it's for his glory, it's for your good. Amen? Now, I'm here to tell you, um, the only way you get better at preaching, all the preachers in the room will agree with this, the only way you get better at preaching is to be sorry at it for a while. The only way you get better as a musician is to sound pretty sorry for a while. Practice, 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 practice. Amen? And the only way you get better at it is to keep doing it more. And quite honestly, at the beginning of whatever you do, you're going to stink at it. And it's going to suck, and it's going to be nasty, and it's going to be just, you know, a terrible uh, thing. And, uh, you know, I don't know about any other preachers in the room. My first sermon, I thought it was going to be, Lord, how am I going to get all this in? I thought it was going to be an hour long. In five minutes, I was done. I went through it like the Energizer bunny. And, I mean, I was, I was done, and I was done, and I looked up the clock, and five minutes had passed. Like, what are we going to do for the other 25 minutes? Amen. So we just prayed and went on home. Amen. And everybody loved it. Amen. The sermon was not great, but everybody loved it, amen, because it was only five minutes long. Uh, now i got the opposite problem, amen. Uh, so uh, this is the thing, though. The only way to get better is to not be good at it for a while and to practice, 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 all right? So guess what? It is the same in your life. If you're going to be a good carpenter, then you have to mess a few things up, all right? Uh, you know, you have to always just have the failures to make it better and better whatever your job is you had to fail a lot of times to become really good because then you saw okay I don't do it this way I need to do it this way but the only way you learn that was by failing at it and understanding that all right very good all right did I read the scripture no scripture Romans 8:28 and we know that all things work what together for good to those who love God to those who are the called according to his purpose all right Um, So let's get to the end here, and let's wrap this up. You say, well, Mark, okay, that's all good, but guess what? Um, Someone hurt me. Brother Mark, I, I am just stuck in my spiritual life because somebody hurt me back in the past, and I can't get over it. You need to learn to forgive. You need to learn to forgive. Not for that other person's sake. That other person may never even admit they did something wrong to you. It's, but it's not for their sake. It is for your sake so that you can move on. You will not move on until you get that thing forgiven out of the way. Do what God called you to do. You can only affect your side of it. So ask for the forgiveness. You may say, well, they're not going to give it back. It doesn't matter. If I do what God told me to do, then I'm off the hook. Amen. So do your part. Do what called you to do. Do what God called you to do and address the issues so that you can move on, okay? You may say, well, Mark, I'm suffering. I am suffering today. Uh, I have things going on in my life, and I am really suffering. Guess what? You need to conform to the image of God. You need to understand that, yes, there are hard things that you're going through today, but in the end, uh, it, it pales in comparison to the future glory that God has for you. Amen. So, uh, I love the old song. Y'all, y'all remember the, the Martins? And the Martins used to come to Landmark before they were famous, and they used to sing that song, It Didn't Come to Stay, It Came to Pass. And that's what you got to teach. you. You're, if you're suffering today, if you're going through some hard times today, trust in God. It didn't come to stay. It will come to pass. Persevere through that. Perseverance builds patience and maturity. All right? And then you may say, well, I lost my job. You know this terrible economy and i've lost my job can i tell you this god has something better for you in store god has a better job god has something and it's not just any job it's the job he wants you to have and so god is working all things together for good sometimes what i have found i'm a person who gets very comfortable and then you 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 got to get a stick of dynamite to get me out of there amen and every time god has said to me mark it's time for a new chapter you need to move on God has had to bring something in my life that was kind of painful and, so to speak, kind of kicked me out of the nest. You know how sometimes when you kids, uh, you know, they were supposed to leave when they were 18 and they're 28 now and they ain't left. You kind of got to go, Ugh. you got to go out there I got to kick you out of the nest. Amen. So the thing that we need to understand is sometimes God has to do that to us. God sometimes had to kick me out of the nest so that I would move on to what he had something better for me. And I had to do it. And he had to do it. And it was painful. But guess what? looking back i can say that was god god moved me out of that situation all right um all right then number eight nothing can separate me from the what nothing can separate me from the what (laughs) love of god and again this all comes back to love we've got to learn to love people we've got to learn to love people if you're going to stay optimistic What I find is if I get on that thing right there and I'm just arguing with people all the time and I get in a a war of words on social media, you know what that tends to do? That tends to make me angry, bitter, sour, and I get so consumed with that that it just kind of gets in me and starts to eat on me. And I'm here to tell you today, hate won't, uh, hate doesn't drive out hate. Love drives out hate. Uh, Pray for people. Pray for people. It's the strongest thing you can do. To say, I love you enough that I'm praying for you. I don't agree with you. I think your stance is totally wrong, but I love you enough that I'm praying for you. That's the strongest thing you can do. I find the more time I spend on that thing and on social media, the more it makes my attitude stink. The more it makes me depressed. The more it makes me a negative, negative person. Amen. So be very, very careful. I'm not one of these to pine for the old days, but some days I pine for the old days and say, you know what, what if we went back pre-phones, pre-social media? And I think, boy, you know, that was pretty good. That was pretty good. Used to be, uh, I, I used to give my opinion if you asked me for it. And if you didn't ask me for it, you didn't know what it was. I, mean, I didn't know what yours was, amen? And ignorance is bliss. Can I just say that? Amen. All right, if you want to, uh, Romans eight thirty eight and 39. For I am persuaded that neither death nor life nor angels nor principalities nor powers nor things present or things to come nor height nor depth nor any other created thing shall be able to separate us from the love of God which is in Christ Jesus our Lord. Can I get an Amen. I'm not optimistic, not because of what I see, but I'm optimistic based on what God says, all these promises we just went through. So I'm gonna leave you with this. No matter where I go, my God is there. No matter what I do, He still loves me, and no matter what happens to me, He is for me. Amen? So guess what? You got nothing to be pessimistic about. You got everything to be optimistic about, so let's just go out and live for him. Amen. Would you bow your head and close your eyes with me? I always want to give an opportunity. If, uh, if you were to say to me, Brother Mark, I'm not sure if, uh, if I would know where I'd go if I were to die right now. I'm not sure. I'm not secure in my relationship with the Lord. Can I tell you today that uh, he is as close as a prayer away? And so I want to encourage you. If that's you today, pray this prayer with me in your heart and your mind. Just say, Dear Jesus. I admit that I'm a sinner, and I believe that you died on the cross for my sins. And right now, the best way I know how, I ask you, Jesus, to come into my heart, to forgive me of my sins, and to save me from myself. In Jesus' name, amen.